Hi, and welcome to Queen City Skin Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Elizabeth Rostam, board-certified dermatologist, skin, nail, and hair specialist, and cosmetic expert. This is your place to learn about skin care, skin conditions, and the latest cosmetic techniques and services. Empower yourself with skin care and anti-aging knowledge for healthier, more beautiful skin and appearance. The information in this podcast is not for medical advice. It is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your doctor for your best care. Hi, and welcome to the Queen City Skin Podcast. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Roston, your host, and today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, neuromuscular relaxers, or I call them relaxers, more commonly known as Botox. Botox is a word like Kleenex, like we don't say facial tissues, we say Botox. But the reality is there's four um, currently available neuromuscular relaxers. There's Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, and Juveau. And there's also a new one soon to be released called Daxybotulinum toxum that lasts a little bit longer. So what's all the buzz about Botox about? So what is it? A neuromuscular relaxer is a um, relaxing agent derived from botulinum toxin that's injected into muscles to relax them. And we do this for a variety of reasons um, that we'll discuss here in a minute. But how was this discovered? How did we figure out that you could inject uh, a toxin into your muscles for a better aesthetic exp experience and appearance. Well, two physicians in Canada, the Carruthers, um, were injecting in the eyelid area for what's called blepharospasm. And that's when your eyelid twitches uncontrollably. And so botulinum toxin injections were being used to control these little um, twitching of the muscles around the eye. And Dr. Carruthers very astutely noticed, hey, everyone's wrinkles look better and their eye area looks better. So we're doing this for a medical reason, the, the blepharospasm, but all the eye skin is looking better. And she and her husband, Dr. Carruthers, started exploring this further. And today it is uh, probably the most common cosmetic procedure that we do um, and we do it on a variety of ages. So why do we use it? Well it relaxes muscles that create lines and the most common areas between the brows, the so-called 11s. But if we treat the entire brow we actually get some brow elevation and some softening of the area in between the eyebrows so you don't look so mean, you look more approachable and softer. Uh, but as you get older, that brow elevation, the Botox brow lift, if you will, is one of the most important consequences of the relaxer between the brow. Um, we can get a smooth forehead um, from injections in the forehead. And if you're young, we can inject really completely, and it's just beautiful. Very smooth forehead, and the skin looks better. Um, and it just looks wonderful. As you get older, we have to compromise on how much we put in the forehead because it can drop the eyebrow. We really want to maximize the eyebrow lift as you get older. Um, crow's feet is one of my favorite applications of these relaxers, and it can 
significantly lessen crow's feet around the eyes, the so-called smile lines, um, or actually make them disappear. And so not only does it reduce the dynamic lines there by keeping them smooth, you actually get better looking skin in that area and it helps your eye cream look better. Um, we sometimes treat nose wrinkles as well, the so-called bunny lines. Some people, when they smile real big, they wrinkle their nose. Um, other areas we use that you might not be aware of include um, a so-called gummy smile. Um, and we use it to relax two muscles or a muscle on either side that pulls up significantly on the upper lip with a big smile. And so we relax that so the upper lip doesn't move up so much showing a lot of gum. So it resolves the so-called gummy smile. We also use it on the lower lip um, where the corner of the mouth can get pulled down by a muscle. And when we inject that, you get a little upturn of the corner of the mouth. Chin dimples is another great area to inject these relaxers. So some people call it the walnut chin or poda orange on the chin, looking like a little orange wrinkle. Um, and it can really give a smooth chin, but importantly, relaxing this muscle, it's called the mentalis on the chin. Um, with age, it can get really strong and pull in sharply. And when we relax it, it can actually lengthen the jawline and can even help the neck a little bit, the skin that collects underneath the uh, lower jaw. Um, we use it in the neck also on these linear neck bands that run from the chest area up to your jawline area and they look like hanging skin. A lot of people come in they want the skin removed but it's really a muscle band and surgically you can um, plicate is the word for it where we kind of sew them together these bands. It's called platysmal plication and that's typically done with a neck lift or we can relax them with a neuromuscular relaxer such as Botox. Some people's neck bands, mine included, um, are very strong and they do attach to muscles on the face and they can accentuate a jowl because they're pulling down so low. So uh, for me personally, when I get my neck bands done, it's literally like a little bit of a face lift because we've relaxed these muscles that are pulling down on the face. Neck bands can be a big, big win in the relaxer um, arena and they can improve your profile um, we can also use little small injections around the jawline for lifting, and that's called the Nefertini lift. Um, and then the other area in the lower face is the chewing muscle, the masseter. Um, some people are very bad about grinding. They grind at their teeth at night or clench, um, or they clench with stress, and that chew muscle is the masseter. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's just like going to the gym and doing weights on your arms to build up your biceps. Uh, these individuals have built up their masseter. So if you're a woman, you start to look very masculine. Um, people start to notice a widening of the jaw. Um, and this can make the lower face look heavier and make you lose some of that pretty oval uh, contour and shape of the face and relaxing this muscle 
over time can help reshape the face, but importantly, can actually save your jaw. Some people um, have a lot of jaw pain and headaches and uh, they're cracking teeth and crowns and having all kinds of problems. So the neuromuscular relaxer in the masseter can help that. And um, very often dentists refer patients in to have that treated. So that's mainly how we use it with the, the, the muscles. And as I say, I, I kind of say it's wrinkle prevention with Botox. So some people are surprised that individuals come in and get these relaxers in their uh, facial muscles in their 20s. But if you have muscle movement that's creating lines in your forehead, between your brow, your smile lines around your eyes, when we relax those on a regular basis with one of these neuromuscular relaxers, we are preventing wrinkles and it's a rejuvenating um, thing, even if you're in your 20s. Most individuals, as they move into their 30s and certainly into the 40s, the impact of these muscles on the skin has already happened and so it becomes more important to relax them to achieve the uh, aesthetic outcome that individuals are looking for. I mentioned that we can use it to reshape the face, particularly around the, the jaw with the chew muscle, the masseter, creating these blocked jaws and a very unfeminine look in women. Um, when we keep up the relaxer is just like not going to the gym. You get some laxity in your muscles and a reshaping uh, around that lateral jawline area right in front of the ear. So it restores some of the oval shape to your face. When I do the chin, um, there's actually been studies documenting as much as one millimeter or more extension of the jawline. And then the neck bands can um, reshape your profile. Um, Elevating the brow, we talked about, that. that is probably one of the most crucial things, particularly over the age of 40. But one thing a lot of people don't know is um, these neuromuscular relaxers can actually help your skin look better. It can give it a glow. Um, it can decrease pores. It can make the skin look smoother and even brighter. And I love when I get to see my patient, patients back when their uh, relaxer has effect. Um, because I can appreciate that glow and if we take a picture of it it's really remarkable how much better the skin looks in the areas where we have injected the relaxer. This is particularly true for younger individuals. It's just a big wow effect and uh, that is leading to a new cosmetic treatment called Microtox where little tiny micro injections into the upper layers of skin of a relaxer is done um, to a facial area or the whole face and simply for cosmetic improvement of the skin. Uh, one thing that I tout about these relaxers is that it can actually improve mood. So we know that the muscles in between our brow, the ones that create the furrow, the worry lines, uh, the concentration, or even um, the mad lines, when you get mad and you have a scowl, they directly transmit neurotransmitters uh, to the brain that affects your mood. Um, and I always challenge my patients to try this. Um, if you are in the car and somebody cuts you off and just you're feeling a little bit of road rage, force yourself to smile um, or maybe 
you know, you found out your kid didn't do their homework or something and you're just mad. The next time you're mad, instead of furrowing that brow, make yourself smile. And it's really remarkable. It's hard to hang on to that mad anger feeling when you're smiling. And it's because the smile lines also transmit neurotransmitters to the brain. Well, when we relax those frown lines with Botox, mood is elevated. And a recent study showed um, that these relaxers performed as well as an antidepressant, um, which is pretty good because some people don't tolerate the antidepressants or they don't want to take a pill. Um, sweating. Botox is also used for hyperhidrosis or sweating. Um, we can use it in the underarms. Most commonly is where we use it. Um, we can also use it on the hands and feet. Now, these injections are challenging because of the surface area and how to inject, but it can be used for that. But other things include scalp sweating and facial sweating. Those are some of my favorite areas to inject for sweating um, or weird things with sweating. Like sometimes people are in an accident and they have nerve damage um, coming out of the spinal cord. And believe it or not, that can affect sweating in one area of the body. So if you have this weird sweating in one area of the body, we can inject Botox in there to reduce that. Along the same lines, we can use it in the face for flushing. The, the so-called microtox we would do on the cheeks to reduce vascular flushing when your, your face turns bright red. Uh, we can use it for itch. Itch is also skin or cutaneous nerves, and um, itch becomes more common with age, particularly on the upper back. If you were to bend your arm back and try to scratch your shoulder blade, it's kind of just where it's hard to reach, believe it or not. This is where this itch comes up, and this is a good treatment for that because it's a hard itch to treat. It's hard to put creams on. It's hard to control. And by injecting uh, Botox into the skin in this area, we can relax those nerves that are creating the itch. I think most people are aware it's used for headaches and migraines. Um, sometimes the injections for headaches are different than cosmetic, but often they're the same injections as we do for cosmetic reasons um, in between the brow and the forehead because these muscles can pull on the scalp and stimulate uh, particularly uh, a migraine that comes from the frontal areas of your um, head and the jaw when we relax that sometimes the clenching and grinding is so strong it causes headache as well um, we can also use it for some skin diseases that are related to sweat if we control the sweat we make the skin disease better and then muscle spasms. I don't get this question too, too much anymore because Botox has been in use for over 20 years commonly, and I think it's well accepted, um, millions of injections every year. But people ask, is it safe? Um, well, 20 years ago when we first started doing this, we got that question a lot more. And my answer to it was always, well, it's been used medically for a number of years, and one of the ways it was used is in children with cerebral palsy that have very strong muscle contractions, say, on one side of their body. And so these children were getting hundreds and hundreds of units in one 
session to relax these muscles that are spasming and they had no side effects. Um, so it is very safe. Uh, we probably should talk a little bit about the side effects that can happen. It is injected with a needle. We use a tiny, tiny, tiny needle. Um, but your face is full of blood vessels and um, because it's a needle, you can have a little bit of bruising. The most typical bruising is a little pinpoint purple spot where the needle went in. Less common is a larger bruise, maybe the size of a dime. That's, that's less common. If you're prone to that, we will typically pre-treat with some ice to try to prevent it. Um, and if you avoid things that increase your propensity to bruising, such as Advil, aspirin, Motrin, um, some supplements and blood thinners, then that reduces your risk of bruising. Um, the other side effect is getting the relaxer into muscle you did not intend it to go. And so if we're injecting the chin, if a little bit of the relaxer moves around, it might affect a muscle that affects your smiling and you have an asymmetrical smile. Um, or um, sometimes I see patients that have come in, they've had Botox somewhere else, um, and they were just chasing lines around the eyes, just went a little too low on the cheek. And when you get in the front of the face on the jaw, the upper jaw, um, there are some muscles that attach there that also affect smiling. And sometimes the injection with the eyes is too deep or in the wrong place, it can affect that and you have an asymmetrical smile. And we can often correct that by putting Botox on the other side to balance it out. Um, eyelid ptosis can happen and that's pretty unusual uh, too. Um, I think it can become more common when we combine these injections with some of our laser and device treatments in the same day. And it's related to the swelling that you get from the laser or device treatment might cause some migration of the neuromuscular relaxer. But eyelid ptosis is where the relaxer slips in to the muscle that holds the eyelid open and you can't open your eye all the way. This is treated with a corrective eye drop. Um, the current one we're using is Upneak um, that's been recently released. It's oxymetazoline and it works great to strengthen that eye muscle. And all these are temporary because the relaxing effect is temporary, um, which is another question. How long does it last? Typically three to four months. So most of my patients I will see three to four times a year. Sometimes the younger individuals, I only see them twice a year. It's lasting closer to five or six months or their wrinkles aren't as severe, they just don't care. Um, the new relaxer is Daxi botulinum toxin and it is lasting six months. Um, which seems great um, and can be great, but if you have a side effect, that means you're going to have a side effect lasting for six months. So um, in my practice, the way we plan on using that is with experienced relaxer users where we are consistently and predictably getting a great result, and then maybe we can try one that lasts longer. Um, 
So that's kind of an overview of neuromuscular relaxers. I refer to them as relaxers. If you come in for a cosmetic consultation, many people are surprised that it's one of the top things that I recommend. Again, the reason is if there's muscles in your face that are creating lines, unless we relax them, we're not going to help those lines and wrinkles. Um, some people come in, they're like, well, I want everything except Botox. Well, unfortunately, that's not an appropriate game plan because if I'm working on your skin to renew collagen and renew elastin and smooth lines and wrinkles, if you're moving that muscle multiple times during the day, it's going to backfire and you're just going to keep creating those lines and wrinkles. Um, I always liken it to um, my dogs. I have four dogs. Scooter comes to the office, and many of you guys know Scooter, but I have um, Scooter, Birdie. Birdie comes to the office too, and Daisy and Nugget, and they're little. And I, I like a well-made bed. I like it tight. I like the pillows fluffed and pretty. And so in the morning, I get up, make my bed, and everything's smooth and lovely and pretty. And I, I barely make it back to my closet before the four dogs are in that bed, unsmoothing it, crunching down the pillows and messing up my smooth sheets. Well, that's kind of like trying to correct your wrinkles without doing Botox, okay? We've got to relax those muscles or it's just like the dogs jumping in my smooth bed and creating uh, a creased bed. So Botox or what we refer to as relaxers are a critical part of any anti-aging and rejuvenation plan. And um, I hope this little discussion has shed some light on the multiple uses of neuromuscular relaxers and how we use them in a cosmetic practice. We appreciate you joining us today on the Queen City Skin podcast, and we look forward to you joining again. Uh, please leave us comments or any suggestions for podcasts in which you're interested. Take care. <music>